This is the Locked on Auburn podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast, brought to you by Fetch Me Home Delivery. Shout out to our friends at Fetch Me, run by an Auburn alum, you gotta love that. You can get your first delivery free with Fetch Me, use promo code FETCHME20, and now that November is here, they are starting a new late night delivery service on Friday and Saturdays between 11 and 2. They sent me a, a PDF with information of all of the uh, all of the services that they offer that late. And I'll tell you what, it's um, it's definitely worth checking out. Go to FetchMeDelivery.com or their free FetchMe app. Once again, use promo code FetchMe20. It's not just Auburn, it's in Opelika as well, which is actually where I live. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is fantastic. And hey, they're, they're now also helping out with the Beat Bama food drive, because they're Auburn people, so they know beating Alabama in anything is, is a good thing. So they, uh, they're doing their Beat Bama campaign for the third year in a row, and they match 100% of all donations, help Fetch Me Beat Bama, and also get the word out. They do great things for our community. So support them, and you don't have to leave the house when you, when you do that. So use uh, the promo code FETCHME20, FETCHME20, for your first delivery free. And thank you for Fetch Me for uh, sponsoring today's show. I'm recording this at like 5 o'clock in the morning. So my voice is a little eh. But I uh, got, uh, got some stuff that I got to do right after my show. So I got a little early to, to knock this out. Coming up after I kind of talk about uh, Auburn basketball's season opener from last night. Chad Slade joins us. Painter Sharpless stops by the studio to, to ask Chad a few questions. But yeah, Chad Slade, now the offensive lineman for the Giants. He tweeted out some things after uh, after Auburn's fan base kind of left the game early. And so I sent him a DM like, hey, can we talk about this on the show? He said, absolutely. So a uh, super nice guy, super well-spoken. I'd never spoken to Chad before, so uh, stay tuned for that. But, yeah, quick look at Auburn basketball. They beat Georgia Southern last night, which is kind of what you expected. But, hey, Georgia Southern hung in there. I mean, this was uh, this was the ball game until about, I would say, 12 minutes left to go in the game is really when I felt comfortable with everything. I know some fans were a little upset with how close it was, but look, I mean, it was an 83 to 74 game and they were rusty. And and I think this kind of speaks to the culture and how it's changed because I think 3 or 4 years ago, Auburn actually loses this game. But they've got so much more talent than other folks now. I think they're going to be okay for the majority of this non-conference and kind of allow them to get their uh, their feet up under them. Guys are playing different roles this year. We'll get into that. So, your starters at point Javon McCormick at the two, Samir Doughty, who was incredible. At small forward, the three, Isaac Okoro. At the four, Daniel Purifoy. And then at center, Austin Wiley. And before the game, it was announced that Georgia Southern would be without their 6'8 player, uh, Simeon Carter. And so the story then was like, okay, Austin Wiley, you need to eat, man. You need to take over this basketball game. Um, and also before the game, shout out to Georgia Southern's play-by-play guy, Danny Reed, he was wearing the the Rod and Paula Bramlett button last night. They kind of honored Rod. They had his, you know that that RB under the baskets and throughout Auburn Arena. And, and yesterday was Rod's birthday and his daughter's birthday. I didn't realize they had the same birthday, but shout out to Danny Reed. He uh, he posted some stuff, some pretty cool stuff, and, and took pictures with Andy and and Sonny. You know Auburn's radio crew. I, I thought that was pretty neat. So thank you so much, Danny, for doing that. That was. That was a class move, no doubt. So, yeah, the, the shortest offseason Auburn basketball history came to an end, and <laughs> it was a sloppy start. I mean, they turned it over twice in, like, the first 30 seconds. I mean, it was 
it was an ugly, ugly start. And, you know, they, they still found a way to lead at the half, uh, largely because of two late threes by Devin Cambridge late, but we'll get there in a second. But in the first 25 possessions, Auburn turned it over 11 times. And, I mean, I have here written down in my notes early on, but it was really the whole game. Samir Dowdy, if you knew nothing about this Auburn team, didn't know how they acquired all of these players or where they came from, how long they've been with the team, and you just were going into last night's game blind, and you were watching that, you would say Samir Dowdy is by far the best player on the court because he sir looked it last night. Sir looked it. Sure looked it last night. And, I mean, he had, he had 20 points. He led everyone in the game. He led everyone in the game. Auburn's next highest scorer, they had two at 13. That was Daniel Purifoy and Austin Wiley. But, I mean, Samir Dowdy was able to contribute in every way possible. He was scoring. He had rebounds. He played defense. He had assists. And he, he, led, he led Auburn in minutes. He had 32. Purifoy also had 32. Purifoy, uh, a quiet 13. And he was good. He was good. But, yeah, Samir Dowdy was really the only shooter that I think was effective. Isaac Okoro was 6 for 9. Purifoy went 4 for 9. You want him to be better than that. And also, 7 of Purifoy's 9 shots were threes, And I don't think I like that. Wiley went 5 for 7. But, I mean, all that was high percentage stuff. Samir Dowdy went 6 for 10. 1 for 3 from behind the arc. I like that he's kind of attacking the basket. The Javon McCormick was 4 for 10. 0 for 4 from behind the arc. I don't know if I want... McCormick shooting the ball 10 times right now until he gets going. But that's, uh, I mean, he and he and Dowdy took the most shots on the team. And based on that last night, I don't know if Javon needs to be shooting it 10 times a game right now. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it was early. It was very clear they were rusty. Isaac Okoro's first points. He had the three wide open. He passed it up, kind of did a pump. And he attacked the basket. And it was a violent slam. And it was incredible. It was beautiful. And the guy looks like an NFL wide receiver. <laughs> he's like he's a true freshman. So, I mean, that's um, that's a guy that you want. That's a guy that he does not shy away from uh, from physicality. I know he had at least two offensive fouls that I can recall. It may have been more than that. Let's see how many how many fouls did he end up with? He ended up with three. I know at least two of those were offensive. I mean, he's going to be a physical guy. And in games where they let the players do that, he's got a chance to take over. He's got a chance to take over. Once he gets any kind of perimeter game going, he is going to be special. He's going to be special. And I just think over the course of the season, once you get into conference play and you know other teams are kind of beaten up a little bit just because it's a grind, I think he's going to be able to beat some guys up. I, I really do. The other freshman that I loved watching play last night, and I didn't expect it, Devin Cambridge, he wears number 35. He had two clutch threes at the end of the first half and not really – allowed Auburn to go into the half with the lead and then kind of be a lot more confident. And I, I think that was a big part of how the game developed. Um, let's see. Do I have other stuff on Cambridge? I do. I have here that uh, Devin Cambridge is going to be a fan favorite this year. He's going to do the dirty work and make plays when his number is called. I mean, like I said, I, I really liked Devin Cambridge. I mean, he, he uh, outside of Okoro, he led the freshman in minutes. So you had your starters that all got, you know, widely got 20, but everybody else got around 30 minutes as far as the starters go. And then coming off the bench, there were three guys with relevant minutes. Really just two. Anthony McLemore at 21 and Devin Cambridge at 15. And that surprises me. I didn't expect that going in. I mean, Cambridge is a guy that 
he was the last spot that needed to be filled in Auburn's recruiting class. But he's got hustle, man. He he runs down plays, and Bruce Bruce clearly likes that. He clearly likes it. Uh, let's see. I didn't like McCor or uh, yeah, I did not like Javon McCormick's play last night, despite him getting 29 minutes. It was just a bad game for him. And I think that's okay. I don't think it's that big of a deal. But I really liked, it seemed like Auburn was at its best when they let Samir take it down the court and Jamal Johnson was playing the two. And, and I think that was just a, a small sample size. Javon McCormick, I mean, he hadn't, he's not used to starting a game. He's used to coming off the bench. And you know what? Late, Javon McCormick put the, ball, uh, put the game away. And there was about five minutes left to go in the game. He attacks the basket makes it, gets an and one, makes the three-point play. And I think that was the dagger. And then a few minutes later, I think it was about three minutes left to go, he does it again. He doesn't get fouled, but he attacks the basket, gets another easy two. And I think, I mean, that was the bulk of his points right there. He only scored nine, but that was solid. Uh, I really like that. You know, it shouldn't take him till 14 and a half minutes left to go in the second half for your starting point guard to score. But I, I, I'm okay chalking up, you know, Javon just having a bad night last night. The alley-oops were there all night, and this is just his team learning to play with each other. I think Auburn fans were kind of spoiled and really underappreciated the, uh, the, the chemistry that last year's team had. But the alley-oops were there all night, and it was just bad passes, bad timing. If they make half of those, I mean, this is a route early. So I, I, I'm not too worried about that. I mean, Auburn was just better than Georgia Southern. They wore him down. I mean, and I think this Auburn team is a more physically tough team than, um, than we've seen in the past, which is something to be excited about, which is something to be excited about. All right, coming up, uh, conversation with Chad Slade, former Auburn offensive lineman, and we will chat about that and more. Stay tuned right here on the Locked On Auburn podcast. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're now joined by Chad Slade, former... Auburn lineman now with the Giants. Chad, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Appreciate you taking a, a few minutes to to chat with us. I know uh, I know you were out late last night playing uh, playing some Monday night football, but uh, there's been a lot of talk all year about the uh, the offensive line at Auburn, and uh, I think you would know better than anyone what it's like to be an offensive lineman. You know, during your time on the plains, what have you thought of this group up front so far this season? Uh, this group, uh, they, they've been looking good so far to me. Um, honestly, you know, we have so much senior leadership up there on that line. They, they've they been together for, you know, three-plus years. And it, it, it kind of reminds me of, you know, when we were there with uh, me, Reese, uh, Sean Coleman, Avery Young, and, and Kozan and everybody. It, it just kind of reminds me of that. I mean, you, you, it takes so long to gel, and I feel like that's what they're doing. They're gelling. You have Markel. You have Prince. You have Mike, and you have uh, 
Jack or, you know, in the centers, you know, you have two good centers. Sure. And um, I feel like they're doing, you know, they're they're doing everything they can. You know, they, they, they're working together. And I feel like this is going to be a group that's going to really improve in November for sure. There's kind of been a lot of different running backs to block for this year. I mean, Boo Boo Whitlow's kind of been battling some injury. And then, you know, Cam Martin and Sean Shivers, the young guy, DJ Williams, now kind of getting some reps. What's it like blocking for, for different running backs kind of from game to game? Uh, it's just it's kind of like you really have to get the style. You know, you have to get the feel for what kind of style running back you have. Um, you know, I feel like uh, you know you have Booby, who's a you know a downhill runner. You know, he he's a he's a trucker. You know, he likes to downhill go downhill. And then you have you know the new guy uh, DJ that's came in and um, he's been doing a great job as well. And I feel like you know they you know it's really on the offensive line to get it going. So I mean it, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, you might have different running backs, you might have a different backfield, but you can't really as an offensive line, you can't really get that to you have to, you know, block everything how it is and you know, you have to communicate. You have to, you know, that's the most important thing as an offensive line is having the communication with the running back, having the communication with the quarterback and I feel like, you know, they're they're doing a great job with that. I mean, you know, some we're not getting, you know, some results, but I mean that that comes with a you know a young quarterback, and you know that's just how it is. I mean I'm not really the one to make excuses for you know everything, but I feel like it's positive. It's positive things that's going to happen for them coming up soon. Which I mean people really don't understand that. I mean it takes a while for a quarterback to deal with the uh, with the offensive line, and I sure. feel like you know they had their rough games, especially with this Ole Miss game. You know they had tough games with LSU and. Florida, but I feel like something big is coming. I, and I, I feel it honestly because I just, you know, I've been through that situation. I've been through, you know, the three and nines and all that stuff, but I, I see a lot of potential in this offense. You tweeted it out, and, you know, a lot of Auburn fans are kind of in the same boat. You're sitting here, you're seven and two. I mean, you got a chance to be in the top 10 going into the Georgia game. And, you know, there's a lot of the fan base that's upset. I know you still have uh, relationships with a lot of the, the players that are still here at Auburn. And mm-hmm. they were uh, they were kind of tweeting and, and calling some of the fan base out. What are your thoughts on that? We hadn't really seen that at Auburn before. Yeah, I mean it, it, it hurts. You know, it's sometimes you know empty stadium and all that because I mean we feed we feed off fans, we feed off the excitement, we feed off that night the night game in Jordan here. It's things like that that keeps us going. And I mean, you know, for us to be seventy two and but, you know, I understand people's frustration. I, I, I know. And I and don't get me wrong, I, I see my pain. I, I get frustrated sometimes, too, uh, watching the game. But at the end of the day, what goes on through those four walls and everything else, I mean, at the end of the day, they're still 18- and 20-year-old kids. They, yeah. they, want, they want to see the excitement. They want to see the, the loud drooling here. I mean, we don't want to just see that in Georgia and Alabama. We want to see that the whole time. I mean, the season is not over for us. I mean, anything can happen. And I feel like people really need to understand, like, the frustration that these players are seeing that it's like, okay, well, you only love us when we're at our best. I mean, when we're struggling, we want us, you know, we want that excitement still. So, I mean, I, I understand the frustration for fans and I understand the frustration for, you know, the players. But at the end of the day, I mean, we still have a long way to go. And, you know, everybody knows that it's championship November. So sure. our two most important games are coming up. So, as long as we get those two wins, I mean, it can save our season. It can, you know, it can be something, you know, bright for the future, especially for recruits and everything like that. We don't want recruits and fans to leave the game early while yeah. we're, you know, in a good position. You know, we're we're still 
in a hunt to, you know, go to a great bowl game or even in the playoffs. So, I mean, it's it's things like that. So, I mean, it's I see the frustration from both sides, and, I you know, I got a lot of feedback from it. So, sure. you know, I'm just trying to base off of that. Do you think – how do you think Malzahn and this coaching staff will respond to, to the players tweeting that out? Do you, do you think they'll uh, – They'll have a conversation about it or make them run. I have a hard time seeing anybody like missing any time or, or anything just kind of based on the time of the year, and it doesn't seem like that dire of a situation. But do you think a conversation is had? Do you think they're running a little bit more? Do you think there's any kind of uh, repercussions from that? Or do they say, hey, you know, what they said kind of was true. We're going to let it go. No, I think I think Malzahn's going to address it because, I mean, he's, he's a type that he doesn't want, you know, to see the negative things of outside of the thing, which I mean, I, we, like I said, I understand the frustration from the players, but at the end of the day, you can't, you know, you can't tweet, you know, you can't let 140 characters tweet, you know, get out like that, you know, showing the frustration and all that, you know, get into it with fans and everything like that. You can't let that happen. You know, you got to, you know, trust everything within those four walls at the, you know, the Auburn complex. I mean, everything about it is, I mean, you know, it's a brotherhood in Auburn. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, you, you know, you can't give up on that person. You can't let negative things from the outside come inside the building or anything like that. You know, we have to, you know, go as a team, fight as a team. You know, it's a brotherhood. So, like I said, but uh, it's things like that. I think he's going to address it. He's going to probably be like, you know, don't let a tweet, don't don't tweet out anything crazy for you know, fans to get into. Or possibly it's going to, in the wrong way. So I, I feel like he's going to address it, but I don't feel like he's going to be any running for it, but I, it's going to be addressed. And I mean, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I always find it interesting talking with folks that played for Malzahn that are now no longer at Auburn to get their, their thoughts on playing for the guy, especially offensive players and offensive players talk about Malzahn in a, in a very high manner. I know there's a big chunk of the fan base that is kind of anti-Gust right now, but you as a former offensive player, what are your thoughts on Gus Malzahn? Uh, my, my, my thing on Gus, he's a, he's a great coach. I mean, he's a, he's a type of coach that, you know, he doesn't, you know, go the extra mile to yell at the players or, you know, do anything like that. He's all about football. So, I mean, I understand people's frustration about, you know, it's a predictable offense or it's just, you know, I can do this. But what people don't realize was in 2013, when we were, you know, decent and all that, we would literally be on a drive and we would literally run the same play over and over and over again. Nobody could stop us. We just had that mentality in our head that nobody could stop us. Uh, Malzahn, he's, you know, he's a good coach. I know everybody's frustrated with him. And I know people want to see a change. People want to see this and that. But at the end of the day, I mean, I'm going to always stick to my coach. I mean, he's, he, he he's what got me to where I'm at today. You know, I'm I'm mentally more tough for you know because of Malzahn and everything like that. And I see frustration from Auburn fans because I mean, I, and I understand because I feel like we should be eight and one, nine. I mean, ten and zero. Uh, we should be undefeated, but sure, things don't always work out that way. So I mean, you know, you just gotta support the team while you can, and you gotta literally like you know just get the coaching staff positive vibes and all that but i understand people's frustration like i said i, I can say that many times because i know they're frustrated i know fans are frustrated they're tired they're you know they like they, they hate to see it but i mean at the end of the day man they they just have to literally like just stick with the team and you know when when if, if something happens something happens but i'm, I'm always going to stick with my coaches I, I love my coaches i would never say anything bad about them but I mean, at the end of the day, I understand people's frustration. 
Chad, in 2014, you were a, a starting offensive lineman. You'd played a number of games at that point in your career. And in a similar setup to the end of the season, you guys just coming off of a big win at Ole Miss and then losing a disappointing game to Texas A&M. And from there, it felt like in November the season kind of came apart. There was uh, some apathy on the part of the student section I think, you know, later on that year with the, the final home game being a Sanford game, your thoughts on, on how the team sticks together and, and blocks out what, you know, a lot of people think will be a disappointing November. I'm not one of those people. I think this is an opportunity for Auburn to finish the season with 10 uh, wins in the regular season. Uh, yeah, we, you know, it, it comes to the thing that, you know, when we when I was in school, I always used to, Tweet, you know, I take everything game by game, you know. So it's it's a you know November to me. Back when I was in college, was a whole new season for me. So I literally was like, if we won the game against Ole Miss, we're one and zero. You know, I don't take games like, oh yeah, we might be seven and two. No, November is a different month for home for football. It's the it's the mentality now that okay, well now we have our biggest rivals coming up. Like we have Georgia Bulldogs coming in. We have the you got the other team from across the state coming in. You know, during that time, man, you just have to barely, like, block out every negative thing. You can't look at Twitter. You can't look at social media. You have to barely just go out there, grind with your teammates, and do what you got to do. Because, I mean, if you take care of stuff on the field, stuff off the field is going to be great. And I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen twice. Because my freshman year, even though I was red-shirted, I got to be there with Cam Newton. I got to see that line grow up, you know, with – Zimba and, you know, Pew, Brandon Mosley and all that. And that's where I got my mentality from when I was in college from them. And to see them block out all the negativity, block out all the, you know, back then, you know, it didn't matter. They, they were going to fill up the stands to see Cam anyways. I mean, who wouldn't? So, I mean, it's it's things like that. You got to block out the negativity. I, I, I believe in Bowen. I mean, everybody, you know, was upset about the, the Gatewood transfer and everything like that. But at the end of the day, you can't really just, you know, let it like, oh, yeah, you know, we got to, you know, soak all this, you know. I mean, it's still more season to go. So, I mean, they just got to block it out, get the grinding, and get these wins because if you don't get these wins, then there's going to be more negative stuff going on. So, I, I believe in this team, and I, I believe that something special is going on. Your thoughts on J.B. Grimes. You all had a ton of success with him as the offensive line coach while you were a part of the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, JB JB is one of the greatest coaches I've ever had. So I mean, I I'll I never ever you know you know doubt that he would have that O line ready because he had us ready game in and game out. So I know that, like I told you, like Markel Prince, you know everybody they're they're ready to go because I mean they 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 go in there. I mean the one thing that JB preaches all the time is the little thing, and he probably don't think that I will remember it because I'm old. <laughs> but that's something that's been in my head for that's something that's been in my head for five years now. You know, you always got to worry about the little things. You can't worry about, oh yeah, you know, you can't just scratch. You got scratch and claw, scratch and claw. Then eventually something's gonna boom, it's gonna happen. So I mean, you know, you might in a game you might get two or three yards. You might get two to three yards, and then boom, you might bust out for a fifty yard, forty yard run. You know, it's, it's things like that. You got to keep clawing. You got to keep doing the little things right. And that's something that JB preaches all the time, and I know he still does to this day. So, I mean, I, I've, I've been down there, you know, during the summer. I mean, during the spring, you know, got, you know, the chance to eat with, you know, JB in the offensive line. And, um, 
you know, I, I know that they're in great spirits. I know they have a great guy leading them. So, I mean, I feel like, you know, it's something, you know, it's something that's good for them. JB, JB is very good for this offensive line. Chad, how's the transition been from playing at Auburn, spending a lot of time at Auburn, and then working your way uh, into the NFL? How's that transition been? It's been going good for me. Um, it's it's been a tough road for me, of course. Um, came out undrafted. You know, it's something that you know, you know, most people want to be drafted. You know, most people want to see it. And you know, I, I've had to work my way. Uh, rookie year, you know, I was on IR. You know, I've been on the practice squads, and uh, I've been on active as well. And this year, I was blessed enough to make the 53-man roster coming out of the, uh, the coming out the training camp as a tackle. So, you know, it's been a good you know a good thing for me to be able to move around. You know, that the versatility has helped me a lot being at Auburn since I started everywhere, a game at Auburn everywhere but center. So it, it kind of helped me out in NFL in the long run. And you know, I can't complain. I'm blessed to you know get everything I have for me. And, I'm just continue to work. I mean, I know right now that we're going through a, a little rough patch right now, but I mean, I feel like we're going to turn it around here soon. Play the Jets next, so sure. I feel like it's it's, it's definitely going to come for us. And we're going to turn around, start getting some wins. In the game Monday night, there's a lot of <laughs> there was a lot of talk on the internet, uh, videos of of the cat that uh, that yeah. was in the end zone. Did you uh, did you guys laugh about that in the locker room? Yeah, we we saw you know it, it kind of delayed the game, so yeah. you know everybody was sitting there like seeing the cat run and <laughs> do all this, and you know most of my teammates, you know we're big guys, you know we're big three hundred pound guys, and we're like, man, who's gonna go get the cat? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> we're gonna let it run around for a little bit, or we're gonna go get it. But the crazy thing about it, we're on the opposite side of the field, so we just let the cat run and do his thing. I mean, the fans loved it, the fans enjoyed it, and you know that it was a great thing to see him out there. You know, it's just. I know all the cats around the world were watching, so <laughs> you know they 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 was rooting on their little friends. So I mean, it was a good thing to see. But I mean, it definitely got the crowd pumped. That's funny. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, what yeah. one last question, Chad? And I, I appreciate you taking mm-hmm. the time uh, to, to hang out with us today. But uh, what what what's it like having a what's it like having Saquon in the same room as you? I mean, a guy like Saquon Barkley. Uh, I mean, obviously, just watching him play, he's a he's a special running back. But what's it like blocking mm-hmm. for him? Oh, uh, it's it's a it's a great thing, man. I wish I wish we would have offered him at Auburn because I mean, honestly, like just seeing this man like now is he does stuff that is just incredible. Like yeah. last week we played the Lions and um he had like stiffed on the guy, then he did like two spins to get a first down. It's things like that. He just he's just unbelievably crazy athlete, great athlete, great person. You know, quads about big as my tri about, about big as my bicep. Sure, I mean he's he's definitely. One of the best running backs in the league. So I mean, I, he 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 comes to work every day. He's a hard worker, you know, cool guy, funny guy. But I mean, I, I honestly can, you know, I'm blessed enough to be able to just to be in his presence, blocking with them and everything like that. And you know, hopefully, you know, he's. I see great things coming in his future for sure. Ch- Chad, <laughs> thank you so much for your uh, your time today, man, and best of luck uh, with the rest of the season and everything moving forward, boss. I appreciate you. Good stuff from Chad Slade. Appreciate him taking a few minutes. Um, you know, it, it's crazy. The college football playoff rankings come out last night, and that's not the lead. I mean, that, that is how much Bruce Pearl has changed the culture here. But Auburn football comes in at number 11 in the first college football playoff rankings of the year. And uh, LSU and Alabama, that is the game of the century that they were dubbing it, is not one versus two. It is two versus three. It's clear that the college football playoff committee loves Ohio State. 
little surprised. You know, they were, they were kind of siding the, the point differential. They lead the country in that. And, I mean, they've got good offense. They've got good defense. So we'll see. And, you know, the Big Ten, they're allowed to get quality wins now. So that's, that's something. But, hey, you know, Michael and I discussed this a few shows ago, sometime last week, where I brought up the point that Auburn's not out of it. They've got a chance at this. They need some stuff to happen. They need some help. And they need to be Georgia and Alabama, obviously. But they've got a chance at this. Sitting at 11. And a big reason why I say that is I don't think the college football playoff committee wants to put Clemson in. At number five, they do not like the defending champs. I think that's evident. No one would have blinked or batted an eye if they put them at three or four. But I think the bottom line here is they do not respect what they've done so far this season. So one slip up from Clemson, and they're out. They're out. So obviously Auburn needs help, but I think the path is there, and I think fans should be excited for it. So... We'll chat about that more in depth later this week and early next week when we set up the Auburn-Georgia game. Hope you guys enjoyed the conversation with Chad Slade, and we'll be back tomorrow. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.